you go to certain tracks and you you feel like you got it covered and you go to other tracks and you're like, yeah, I don't think so. Or you line up on the gate and so-and-so is here in comparison. And, you know, it's like, and everybody's, even at the highest level, honestly, everybody's pretty similar with their, you know, the, the things that people struggle with are similar from amateur to the highest level to some extent. Just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. My name is Ben Greenwood. I'm the Off-Road Performance Coach, and this podcast is to share with you how we do things at Race Ready Off-Road Coaching. Today, super excited to bring to you our first guest for quite some time, and we are taking a bit of a deep dive into mental performance. Kevin is from the United States, America. He is a mental performance coach, and he was kind enough to share a ton of value in this podcast regarding all things mental performance, specifically relating to dirt bike racing and motorsports, which is his profession specifically. So super grateful to Kev for coming on and sharing his knowledge. I'm sure there's a ton of value for many of you to gain out of this podcast. So all I would ask is if you get something out of this podcast that you find valuable, if you could share it with someone else or give it a share on your Insta story would mean the world to me. Thank you for listening. I'm super grateful for you and we will get stuck straight in to the juicy content. Okay, today we have Kevin Kyes from Motai Coaching in the USA on the podcast. How's it going, mate? That's going good. Everything's cruisy. Awesome. Um, I thought we'd kick things off with maybe a little bit of backstory, like for people who potentially haven't heard of Motai Coaching yet or don't know who you are. What What is Motai Coaching and how has it sort of evolved over the years? Um, I'm a mental skills coach. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a clinician. Um and the difference is, is that I'm not trying to, I'm not fixing people. People are broken. I'm taking high achievers and helping them find the next level. Or if they're struggling with a certain area, you know, try to overcome that. And um, I'm not an advice giver. It's more of a discovery process. So how I got into it, it's, I'll try to make it a short story, but it's kind of a lifelong journey. I, uh, I raced at a pretty decent level when I was a kid. Um, like it was 80 cc's then. And, yeah. uh, you know, I had some support from some bigger teams and stuff. And I started to do well and I started to get very anxious because now it was expected, like to do well. Started to get very nervous going to races, sick to my stomach. My old man would turn around and drive back home on certain occasions. And then when I got home, I felt better. Then I was 19 years old and I got in a really bad car accident in Montana, which is like the middle of nowhere, kind of, and just laid there for a long time. About a year and a half after that, I started to develop what's called panic attacks, but I had no idea why. And then the self-talk that went along with that um, and the limiting beliefs I already had that I wasn't smart enough, um, just it just all compiled and that kind of 
ruled the next 20 years of my life. Um, I had a business. I was successful from the outside looking in. And then I decided one day that, you know, the traditional routes that I had tried weren't working for me. And I wanted action. I didn't want to just keep, like I would talk to people in therapy and it was more of, I call them head bobbers. They were kind of like, yes, tell me more. You know, it was like, because they're really not allowed to give you action. So I just decided I was going to figure it out. So I went back and started studying weight, tons of different modalities. I had breathing exercises by Navy SEAL, um, psychology courses. I'm a member of AASP, Association for Applied Sports Psychology. Um, I just got back from a week-long conference um, in Florida. So I'm constantly improving the skills. But anyway, once I once I started to really dive in and want to learn about me and how I could help myself, and I saw the huge improvements, um, and I also had found a performance coach that I was working with a little bit on, on the side as well, <clears throat> and it just was a dramatic change in my life, and I decided at that point that if I could make an impact in other people's lives um, to get rid of the limiting beliefs, the self-beliefs, the doubt, and the things that were keeping them stuck, then that's what I, that became my purpose. So my pain became my purpose. So I feel what makes me good is I'm relatable. I've been on both sides of the fence. Um, that's a term in the States. It's more of, you know, like I've raced at a higher level and I've been in a really crummy space. Um, I've had successful businesses and I've also struggled with anxiety and horrendous self-talk and, and all that. And, uh, so I think four years, five years ago, I sold everything that I had. I had been doing this since 2012, but five years ago, I sold all my businesses and moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is big NASCAR country. It's a form of racing. Didn't know anybody and couldn't be happier. And working primarily with Supercross, Motocross, and uh, I think you guys call it Speedway, Sprint Cars uh, here in America, World of Outlaws. Uh, so mostly just primarily motorsports and high achievers, you know, professionals. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like you've, I guess, combined that that passion of motorsports with your, I guess, life experience that's helped you get to where you are. 100%, right. And because I'm also not the kind of person, you know, it's like, I feel like high achievers are attracted to high achievers, right? So I really don't want to hear about your excuses. Um, I want to get to action. And so a lot of, you know, m most of the time, most most guys that are and girls that are at a high level of motorsports, um, they're pretty self-motivated to get things done. They just might not know how to go about it at times. Yeah, for sure. I think you're right. It It demands that sort of... I guess that I guess yeah, for want of a better term, that high performance mindset to get to a, a decent level in our sport. Um, I guess you maybe is there like I I feel like there's probably like two kinds of not to pigeonhole everyone, but <laughs> you've got sort of people who are aware of it and and can potentially work with someone like yourself to um, to train it as a skill and improve it and then you've got certain people that 
aren't aware of it and they just don't know why they can't or they don't know why they can't perform on race day or or why they're good at the practice track but when they get to the race they can't get the results yeah ben you're exactly right on that um you only know what you know and you don't know what you don't know right um mm. and, and it's even like some parents you know there's learned behaviors in there it's like why do you react like this when this happens when you get past why do you drop back when you're why do you on you know friday before a race or a meeting why why are you super confident and then you get to the track and sometimes it falls apart at the gate why is it that you go to certain tracks and you you feel like you got it covered and you go to other tracks and you're like yeah i don't think so or you line up on the gate and so and so is here in comparison and you know it's like and everybody's even at the highest level honestly everybody's pretty similar with their you know the the things that people struggle with are similar from amateur to the highest level to some extent yeah well that that was one of the the questions i was going to ask is there something that or is there common like common roadblocks that you see uh, across the people that you work with or is it like obviously everyone's an individual case but are, are there some common roadblocks that you see that people are dealing with in terms of their mindset yeah focusing on results um people pleasing you know fear of i call it what ifing all over yourself you know what if this happens what if that happens what if this happens what if that happens um yeah, so that um, misguided thoughts and focus, you know, I don't know how many times I've heard somebody come up and say to a, a rider, hey, whatever you do, don't do this or don't do that. Um, and that's like a, it's like no kidding, right? Like, why would, you know, it's like, why don't you give me something really good to work with here rather than that? Like, so yeah it's those are the things that um man i could go on and on and on about it but what do you what have you seen or what have you struggled with how about that do you mind me asking me that yeah yeah for sure i would say the two biggest like you mentioned there would be focus and fear so uh, just a lack of being able to focus in the moment and what i kind of tie that back to is just a lack of presence which kind of comes back to that anxiety thing like you mentioned like thinking too far into the future of that what if what if i what if i don't win what if i come last etc cetera, etc cetera. and then again that sort of ties into the fear like that's if you kind of strip that back to like that's basically just a fear of that that future that i guess that moment in the future that hasn't even happened yet so it's taken our focus away from the present moment which when we're riding a dirt bike as you know like we need to be as focused and as present as we can be right right and then there's then there's the skills and there's like four you know there's different kinds of focus hmm. right people aren't aware of that you know what i mean narrow focus um broad focus internal external like there's there's different ways and then to be able to know when to do this and when to do that too. There's skills to that, right? So, you know, it's some, you know, it's like narrow focus would be at the gate. You know, it's it's there, you're looking at the gate, you know, 
it's eh, the board goes sideways. I mean, you're just locked in just for any movement, right? And then a broader focus, right? An external focus would, you know, everybody's going into the first term. You kind of got to be a little bit, you know, you got to know where you're at, but you also kind of have to have a little bit of awareness, situational awareness, what's going on, right? And then you have to be able to shift that focus back again to it's appropriate. And it's, so that's why when people say just focus, um, yeah, you can focus on the wrong shit real easy. What does that mean? Just focus or just breathe. I love that one too. And I'm not picking on people that aren't, that haven't gone to school for this stuff, right? Because they only know what they know. But these are terms like you hear them even on TV with announcers, you know, mindset, mindset, mindset. And that's cool. But what is mindset, right? What does that mean? And I think that, you know, there's too many people that are grabbing a hold of it now that see some, listen to some podcasts, read some books. Uh, and now all of a sudden they're going to add that to their repertoire and it can be dangerous. Yeah, for sure. That that was one thing. Like I'd, I'd love to hear your, I guess, philosophy on mindset, because like you say, a lot of people like to grab that word, that mindset word and, and sort of tout it around and, and everyone has a different way they look at it or frame it up. And mm -hmm. I know a lot that, that don't even like that word mindset. Um, so how do you sort of frame it up? And what's well, when your I think of mindset, I think of it in two sections. I think of it, there's a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And then obviously we want to try to always have a growth mindset. A fixed mindset would be um, it's raining. And I hate racing in the rain and I just got a shitty gate pick. I'm screwed. My day's over. I'm done. This is what's going to happen. Um, I don't know if I'm going to qualify, you know, blah, blah, blah. They just go on and on and on with the story. Now, this is the, this is one of the difference between high achievers, um, professionals, people, not even just professionals, somebody with a growth mindset is, okay, yeah, it's raining. And I, I do have a crummy gate pick. It's down on the end. How can I make this work? How can I make this situation work the best? Like what, what, where can I put my focus on here? Right. And then there's also skills and tools. And, but we've also like, when people work with me, we have protocols set up and like, that's where the, the science comes in. Right. It's it's different than, you know, go get them. You got this, Timmy, right? It's like, and I get that. Like, you know, like I said, I'm not picking, but at a high level, that's not going to cut it. You need skills. Yeah, you need a toolkit, something you can put into practice. Yeah, and some science-backed stuff, right? Um, and not, uh, I don't know if everything that I have is science-backed because some of it's things that I've, I've found and developed that I feel like everybody really likes. Um, but I think the, the backside of it is, you know, ground based in science. And the other thing about me is I am, I try to live, walk my talk, right. And live as I expect my athletes to live. But I also have the passion to, I really like my goal is to 
is to be the best that I can be and make a difference in people's lives to help their goals become my goal. And um, yeah, so it's, I am constantly learning, constantly. I haven't just kicked back and say, yeah, I know, I know what's going on. I'm pretty good at what I do. Is there better people? Yes. But is that in alignment with my goal? Like, is what I'm doing now and is look where I want to go? And if I can do something else to be better and I have that time, that's what I'm doing. I'm listening to a lecture. I'm taking a course, um, you know, and that, but that's the same thing that I, that what high achievers are doing, right? It's that growth mindset. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that. That's explain that well to you or not. Yeah, totally. No, that's that's one of the terms I use for sure is the growth mindset. Like, absolutely. So mm -hmm. how if you're sort of working with someone or say there's someone listening there that they're like what you just mentioned, then that they get a it's a muddy race and they're like straight away like, oh, I'm no good in the mud. So they 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 might have just flagged that potentially they have a little bit more of a fixed mindset. So what are some of the sort of stepping stones that because obviously that growth yeah, mindset that's where it gets you know like that can go way back that can go back to you know usually yeah. it's you know that usually that's something that it's an event that happened right so then that becomes their belief i'm no i'm not a good mud rider i'm not a good starter I'm not good at qualifying, blah, 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 right? And then the more you train that, the more your mind is actively going to seek out to validate that as truth. Like, look for the evidence to support that. Oh, yep, see, you just went down in the mud. I told you you suck, right? And you're not even aware of it. And people will practice starts, and they'll practice starts and practice starts. It's the same shit. Or you'll hear, like, I'm I'm crushing my starts on the weekend. You know, we, me and the team spent all week train and starts and get to the track. And then all of a sudden it's like, I think it's my suspension or I have to, it's, it's, you know, we're working on this and we're, we're programming the, you know, and I'm, I just kind of kicked back because I never want to accuse somebody of something. Cause that can go, that can get ugly too. Right. But then we'll have a conversation during the week about that and kind of look into that stuff. And then their skills develop with that. So basically what's happening is, in those scenarios, fixed mindsets, it's either they're avoiding the pain, right? Like they're just saying, I suck at stars. There's their excuse. They don't have to worry about it. All right. They're off the hook with dad. They're off the hook with themselves a little bit. Um, and then the other part of that is it's a filter. So we have, we'll have an activating event. So that would be the, the stimulus, right? And then there's going to be a filter in which we put this through. And the filter is usually based off of past beliefs, past experiences. Out of that filter is going to come an emotion. Okay. And that emotion is going to drive the behavior. So if emotion isn't a great emotion, or I don't know, I don't want to say label good or bad emotions, but if it's not a, an emotion that's going to move you in the direction you want to, right? It's going to, and good. And I don't, I don't like to use good and bad, but if it's your emotions going to have an effect on your behavior and your, and that might look like 
okay, I, I, when I get, you know, when my dad starts to tell me what I did wrong, I shut down. Oh, all right. So you shut down. Why are you shutting down? Well, because I'm frustrated and I'm angry and da, 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 right? And then you find out that this person always, this is their response to a lot of things when they get angry or feel inferior or they feel like somebody's telling them that they're not good enough. And then there's interpretations and it's, that's why it's so important to get into it one-on-one -on -one because it's much deeper than just, here's the skill, go do it. If you can figure out where it comes from, right? A little bit. But I'm, like I said, I'm not a therapist, but you can get some hints along the way and then they navigate through that. And then hopefully I can provide them with some skills to try to implement. And we usually come up with that together too. It's not me saying, I'm the all knowing, here you go, do this. It's more of, hey, you know, it's like, I could give you, you could give me your uh, enduro bike, right? and say, go rip this. And I come back in and I'm like, man, I just don't feel it. Well, what do you mean? I, I've got national titles. What do you mean? It, I don't like the suspension. Well, because the suspension's not, doesn't suit me. Some guys like stiff, some guys like, you know, less, you know, it's like, and it's the same thing. I just, we're just trying to figure out how do you operate at your best and what's been getting in the way of making that happen. And then there's obviously, there's skills within that, you know, that I've gone to school for. Is that something that you work on? Like what you just mentioned there, like the mud one, that's one I've, I've been at a race where with a client and their parent is there in under the pit tent before the race, confirming to them that they suck in the mud. They're the parents like, remember you, you're never any good in the mud. Like basically what you just, 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 you just described there. So is that something that you potentially work on with a parent as well as a writer, or do you leave it up to the writer to sort of have that discussion? Yeah. And I'm at a point now where I don't really have those discussions anymore because I'm not working with kids and writers. Right. Like if I were to, and I was there to observe it, that's the problem. A lot of times I'm not there to observe it. I would say, Hey, you know, I noticed this or that, you know, is that, and I noticed that, you know, you want nothing but the best for so-and-so. Um, are you cool with telling me, you know, like what, why do you, why were you telling them that? Or, you know, what's behind that? Or how is, you know, how is that useful? Right. But being respectful, honestly, because they don't know, right. Either that's the thing, you know, maybe their parents, or the same way, right? And it's, you know, there's triggers, right? It's like, there's things that trigger us. Like there's things that trigger you. There's things that piss you off, right? And they're probably the same things with anyone, right? But, you know, when you get into it, you find out that it's not each individual person. It's, it's something from back there that still irks you, right? And that's so like that, that whole mud thing with that kid. So then that becomes his belief, right? And it's a subconscious thing where it's powerful. It's like, you don't just say, oh, don't think about it. It's way more than that, right? 100%, yeah, for sure. What are you doing in that situation? 
So I definitely, like you said, need to identify that underlying belief for sure. And then, and then ask where it comes from, where it comes from. Yeah, for sure. Like at, at the beginning, that's, that's the, like you said, that's, we need to identify what that is, right? Where is that? Where has that come from? And then, like you said, the, the subconscious mind will always look for the proof that that is true, right? So we need to give the subconscious mind enough proof that that is not true. So if that's riding in the mud, potentially, well, we're going to go and ride in the mud every time we can until we get better in the mud to prove to ourselves that we are a good mud rider. Yeah, and that's the thing too, like people do affirmations and says, I am a good mud rider, I am a good mud rider, I am a good mud rider. And, you know, your subconscious mind isn't stupid either. It can be like, yeah, bullshit, right? So, <laughs> but what it can do is you can say, I'm in the process of doing everything I can to become a good mud rider. Yeah. And now your subconscious is like, oh, all right. You know what I mean? Um, there's a little bit, there's a little bit in there that can say, yeah, that's like NLP, you know, that which is neuro linguistical programming. So, yeah, um, some people think it works, some people don't. I don't mess with it a whole lot, not because I believe or don't believe. I just I'm not well versed enough in it to not, to do it. I won't do anything that I'm not. I don't feel confident in and I've referred out people many a times clients um that I feel like do need therapy right because yeah. even behind all that it's something else like I've had a couple of clients that their parents are so hardcore and I mean scream at them call me make my kid fast um which that's not going to work because it only works if the person wants it to work. And then the kid is scared to death. And how is he going to go out there and perform? And, you know, it's a hard thing at that age. Um, and as time goes on and they get older, then I can kind of, we can work through things when they're like an adult and get through that. And I'm never about like, you're, I never throw a parent under the bus. It's more of an understanding like, hey, man, they don't really get it. You know, that's probably how they were taught. It's not about you. Um, and then just, you know, working through some of that stuff and then just giving them the skills like, you know, what I can help you with is where I would like your focus to be in that moment. As far as your dad and yourself's relationship, that's out of my hands, right? Um, and then they take care of that relationship stuff with a you know like a therapist or something but it, it's it's a common thing yeah and yeah you seriously learn behaviors i mean that would be the number one thing i think is that there's a lot of learned behaviors and there's a lot of things that stories we tell ourselves based off of a past event i'm not a good mud rider or you know i suck at starts and it's a bummer because the people don't have the tools and the skills to learn how to work through that, right? Or dissect it. So I guess what would you get someone to do in that situation if they had identified that that was a belief that they had, that they wanted to change? Well, I think what you said is a good start, you know, 
I'm a huge believer in challenges, man. Like, I remember when I, I was like, I had this epiphany when I was going through all my crap. Like, I would always avoid the things that back in the day that gave me anxiety or panic attacks. Like, I would avoid them because it was so shitty. Like, and I don't consider myself a wimp. I mean, I've broken bones, gone to work. Um, physical pain, I can, like, I feel like I'm pretty good, high threshold. But that stuff, that was at a whole other level where you literally feel like you're going to die, right? So nobody wants to feel that. So, you know, when people, anxiety lives in the future. You know, say people say, no, I'm anxious now. Yeah, about the future, right? Um, so then it's just what I did was I had to, and this isn't this isn't like this isn't medical advice. I'm not a doctor, not playing one on TV, not trying to be one. But like for me, what I found out was that I wrote a quote about it. It was challenges in life create growth. And a life without growth is challenged. Right? So when we avoid stuff, we strengthen it. So if you avoid muddy days because you don't like the way it feels to not be the kid that's good or the guy that's good in muddy days and your friends might say something to you, then expect more of that for sure. Expect more shitty days. Um, and then if you want to be a pro, you just don't because you're already avoiding the things that you're going to face in other areas too. And you're training yourself to avoid tough things and i'm not a big fan of the grind because it's it, it implies you gotta in order to be more you gotta do more you know stuff and i'm more about you gotta do hard things right safe things but hard things like you gotta challenge yourself you know and when i talk about the fear thing i'm not talking about going and do putting your life on the line doing something stupid i'm saying like if you're if you have a problem with mud races because you don't like the way it makes you feel because it's a crummy feeling and you feel maybe defeated or whatever. Well, how do you get through that? Right. You're never, and you never hear anybody say, I got through the rough time. I, I, I got through the problem. I got through the adversity. Nobody ever says I went around it. I avoided it. You know, you do have to go through it in order to get to where you want to go. And usually when it's the crummiest and the toughest and you're out there practicing these things that suck, and it feels like it's, that's when you feel everything coming up to a head and you feel crummy about it. That's usually a great indicator that you're really, really close to the breakthrough. And that's when most people bail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I love sure it. Good if you do some reflecting, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like your gym, right? What are you doing? You're going in there and everybody does the same thing, right? We're going to go bench. Where do we start off? With a, a 45 on each side, you know, a traditional, somebody that's not intentional about training that wants to get big. You do your reps, right? And then what do you do? When that comes really easy, you throw on more weights. Why do you throw on more weights? 
because your muscles need that challenge. They need that breakdown in order to say, okay, time to grow because it's getting easy. Time to grow, time to grow. So you can't grow if you're not challenging, right? So, and don't look at it like this sucks. I don't want to do this. Look at it. I know this is going to be make me better. Like, and what's that going to feel like? That's going to feel awesome. Okay, let's focus on that. You know, it goes back to the whole, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the quote, how to eat an elephant. <laughs> so like, you know, like when a lot of people think about like, well, that's going to take forever. How am I ever going to get that done? Right. Um, and then I always say, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You're like, can't eat an elephant. And I'm like, one bite at a time, dude. Right. <laughs> one at a time. But everybody wants to go to the, the end. It's like hmm. when you're old and they give you a book to read and you hate reading, first thing you do is you open up the book. How many pages are in this thing? Oh my God, that's going to take forever. You're already beat. But then if you were to break it down and say, okay, how many pages are in this? How many pages can I read? When does it have to be done by? Okay, if I read 20 pages a day, right? Five days, I'm done with this thing. Oh, now it's not so bad. It's compartmentalizing. I mean, it's not a one and done call Kevin the athlete whisperer it's more about and like my real high performing athletes they just stay on because they know that when I get this thing resolved something else is going to pop up but I want to be ahead of it I don't want to wait till it really affects me before I do something about it yeah yeah I love that man um it's like like comes back to that I guess identifying the issue first or or identifying what's going on the behavior and then approaching it putting yourself in that situation with a different I guess a different view and a different yeah, set of Yeah, I don't think it's the behavior because well, it could be, right? So why am I avoiding it? Right? And because I hate mud. Okay, what's the goal? My goal is to be a really good racer. Okay, so you know, you you think you want to run for championships? Yeah. Okay. So what are you going to do on the mud day? Stay home and give the championship to somebody else, right? I even do things when I train guys to mess with their focus, to bug the shit out of them, right? So. Yeah, that's cool. I guess coming like coming back to the to the growth mindset thing. That's something that I've definitely. I guess I tried to help my clients cultivate that, but it's something I definitely notice in my high, my clients that are getting like the best results at the highest level is they just by way of default have a growth mindset. So even- Yeah, so how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah, so they could have a have a rough day, like for them, like their goal is to win every race. So getting a third or a fourth, is a rough day for them so so they can ha get a third or a fourth but straight away they hit me with three things that went well like they're always even though they came third or fourth they're still straight away find the positives they can take away from that day so they don't necessarily feel like it's a a loss in inverted commas yeah yeah and i mean 
Yeah, like it goes back to how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I also, you can't, so there's a couple things like at the level, like when I, I'll work with amateurs, but they're really high level amateurs that are getting ready to do that. They're going to be pro, right? And even there, there's guys, you know, I've had to have talks with, and I've gotten rid of clients before too, right? Um, but you can teach talent. You can teach people skills, um, riding skills. You can teach all that. You cannot teach desire. You cannot teach grit. Well, you can if you know what, how to go about it, right? You can't teach uh, the willingness to want to learn. And, and what I've learned with any high achiever that I've ever worked with, they really want to learn. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like there's a couple of guys that I work with in there. Well, almost, I would say 90% of high achieving motocross, supercross guys, they want to know. And they're the ones that call. I barely get too many calls from amateurs. And it goes right back to the thing again. That's why they're professionals. They're constantly growth mindset. I'll try it. If this guy's a nitwit, I move on. But at least I tried it. Yeah. Right? Sure. And then you tell them what to do or, you know, give them ideas or we develop something together. And I say, hey, how'd that work out this week? You never hear, well, you know, I didn't do it, man. Uh, I had this going on or, my, you know. It just, you know, they're, they're not spending time making excuses. It's like, yeah, no, it's done. That's why they're high achievers, right? So some of it, I feel like you can give people the skills, but then I feel like you can't give people the desire to implement the skills. Because what I give this guy is the same thing I give this guy. And what they choose to do with it after that, that's their responsibility. Yeah. I love that two things you mentioned there, grit and desire, because that's, something I've thought about a lot and given a bit of thought recently. And I feel like, like you said, the grit, I feel like you can train grit, but grit can only come from desire. So like you said, you, you have to have the desire to win to build grit because when you have the, the desire to win, you're going to do the work. You're going to put yourself in those challenging situations. Like you've mentioned that, force you to build grit but most people don't have the desire to win because i feel like they truly deep down don't feel like they can win they don't believe they can win so they don't that the desire they kind of keep tripping themselves up do you know what i mean like they don't believe they can win so the the desire yeah, i don't know if that's a that's across the board because I feel oh, like no, not, a, not across the board, but yeah, just... I feel like everybody says they want to win. And I don't know if the, they don't believe it is necessarily 100% true, but I hear what you're saying. I'm sure it can apply in some situations. I feel like, um, you know, people don't get it, but every day you're, you're mentally training yourself. Um, there's dishes in the sink. Ah, I'll do it later mentally training yourself right what do you what do you mean i'm mentally training myself well you're mentally training yourself that to to procrastinate to avoid difficult things you know 
it, it comes down to that homework, right? Um, if you're in school, um, bike work, uh, you know, I, I don't really know. It's just, there's, there's some people that are gonna have it. And so now I interview people, like I just won't take anybody. Like you could call me up with a fistful of cash and say, do this. And I'm like, yeah, no. Like if I don't feel that it's a good fit, I'm not because I've realized that you can't make somebody learn something. You can't, right? Um, some people grab it quicker than others. That doesn't mean that one person's not smart. It means that they're just not there in their journey yet. Like God knows my dad told me a million times all the shit to do to avoid the pain. Well, I was the guy that had to feel the pain and go, oh, now I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and I wish that I knew like a tenth of this when I was 18, 19 years old and even being married and all those things because, you know, my deal with self-talk was brutal, dude. Brutal. Like if somebody else talked to me the way I talked to myself, I'd beat them. And I'm, not that I'm a tough guy, but like it was, it was hardcore, right? And then I've heard people talk about self love, and back then I'd be like, I think I just threw up on my mouth thinking about that, right? You know, what am I going to say? I love you in the mirror, right? But well, that's yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear your your look your view on that because yeah, it's definitely something that I've I've sounds like what you're sort of describing has been a very similar experience to my journey. So I'd love to hear how you sort of approach self love now after all of that. I almost punished myself. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, but I wasn't even aware of it. It was almost like I had to punish myself for lack of performance or for having something that I didn't know how to navigate through, right? But what you're doing, you know, it's, it's funny because I've had, I've had kids that have had a dad that has always been, you know, like, well, yeah, you did that good, but what about this, this, and that? And then, you know, they grow up and they're 18 and they're professional or 19 years old and they're racing on their own. And I'll be like, hey, how was the race today? Yeah, it was okay, but you know, I got I got third, but man, I sucked here and there. And it's like it's almost like the kid picked up where the old man left off. Right? And or they just I don't so what I do is it's not about see, I always looked at positive self-talk as um enabling or that whole, you know everybody gets a trophy, you know, and I, I'm not into that. Right. So I kind of looked at that almost like that I was letting myself off the hook or I was babying myself. Right. And that was my way to, you know, quit being a, you know, what and get your crap together and be a man and all that stuff. And I'm, so what I did was I just, I just got to solutions. Like, what do we need all that bullshit for? Like, I don't need all the self-talk. That's like irrelevant. What do I need that crap for, right? It's like your bike breaks down and you'll see people, you know, you'll see people throw wrenches at it and piece of shit and this and that. And then you'll see a high achiever go, yeah, I don't know, man. Let's try this. Okay, yeah, that's not working. Let's try that. Oh, man, we got we got only got 20 minutes till, you know, the race starts. 
Okay, but wait, well, you know, let's not get there. Let's just focus on this here. What can we do? What else is it? Da, 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 da. And that's the guy that gets it done. The guy that's having a conniption. Oh, what the hell are you doing? You should have done this that week and, you know, freaking out. You know they're not making it to the line. They're not making it to the gate. They're already beat. And if they do make it to the gate and that's how they reacted, but that's a part of like where self-talk comes from too. It's like, hey, wait, what am I making this mean about me? Is there any truth to that? Where do I get that shit from, right? Okay, what, what, what is it that I want to do? Let me, let me focus on that, right? And then when you do do it, don't deny the small wins. Give yourself credit for them, right? That's the other thing a lot of people don't do. They don't give themselves credit for the small victories. You know, it's like, well, I didn't win, you know? But then you're training yourself to do that too. You're training yourself that it's never enough. You're not enough. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that I'm not about the wins, um, but I like to, I like, you know, where's the win in this moment? And then where's the win in this moment, right? And string them together. And there's so many things that are happening in your body when you're doing that too, like, releasing hormones and this and that and there's so many things that you're doing on the other end when you're shit talking it's not just it's not just negative self-talk right it's anytime you follow something up with i am it's you're gonna have a pretty that's it's gonna become a belief right if you do it enough times and then you're releasing hormones in your body chemicals right whether it's cortisol whether it's, you know, it, it, you know, the good hormones or the crummy hormones. And they all have an effect on our system, right? Our, our autonomic nervous system. It's either, you know, all about sympathetic, parasympathetic, right? But even more than that, it's, you know, it, it creates tense muscles. It takes away from focus. It tires you out. It's just, it's no good, you know? And there's no benefit to it. I'm not saying be happy if you don't perform well, that you should, you know, skip around and say, oh, you know, well, I'm a great guy in this and that, but it's more of how do you be productive with it? For sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine line to walk, obviously, isn't it? It is. But then every time that you catch yourself going in the right direction, notice it, give yourself credit for that. It's like, oh man, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Rather than I remember there was a couple of things that I did. Uh, the, the performance coach I worked with was like, that's really great. And I'm like, oh, wow, big deal. I watched an 80-year-old lady do that last week on the plane. You want me to, you know, that's how cool I was, right? But then once I got over that crap, and then it goes back, there's, there's so many pieces to this. It's, that's why I get frustrated when people you know, just throw that stuff out there. I mean, yeah, some of it's valid, some of it's helpful, but then it, there's so many layers to it, right? It's like, I'm never going to attempt to be a physical trainer. Do I train? Yeah, I train probably six days a week, um, but I'm not, I'm not specific or intentionally training for a performance. I'm just doing it to be healthy. I mean, it is intentional, but it's be healthy, look decent, keep the old man out and um but i'm never going to go give anybody information on how to how to work out 
to become a better racer. And I'm, you know, because you can really hurt somebody, right? Yeah, absolutely. I guess like a lot, a lot of what you've, what we've spoken about just really comes back to that awareness piece, right? Like being aware of potentially where that, that self-talk comes in. Um, so is there something like, are you, where are you at with something like a basic mindfulness practice for people to bring yeah, totally. awareness yeah. into some of that stuff? Yeah, I totally have it. I created a little thing for that, but, um, that's where I, that's where I step in and I'm saying, if you want to learn more, call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, and then it's picking and choosing too. What works for you? What does it? Or look into it too. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people too, it's, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Or, Hey, I've had a lot of people say, you know, um, Hey, what is it you do? And I'll be like, you know, I, what I tell people I do is I teach athletes how to effectively communicate with themselves. That's what I say I do. All right. Because um, I gave it a lot of thought. And really, that's what it is. We are always talking to ourselves. Right. So effectively communicate with yourself. This goes back to self-talk. Right. Is that effective? No then don't do it, right? It's like, put your hand on the stove. Oh, that's hot. And then do it again and do it again. No, you wouldn't do that. But yet they'll still teach, keep doing these things repeatedly, right? Because they just don't know how to go about it, right? But I've had, I've had, uh, I had a couple of guys um, one year, there was a couple of kids that were going to go, one kid in particular that is really good. And his dad's, I said, yeah, you should have him give me a call. We could talk about some stuff. And he's like, well, my kid's not mentally weak. And I'm like, who said anything about mentally weak? You know what I mean? He's like, well, that's what you guys do. And I was like, no. I said, when you get your brand new bike, you just take it out of the crate and go rip it. He's, he laughed. He goes, you know better than that. He goes, no, we do the suspension, motor, this and that. And I'm like, why? He's like, to make it the best it can be. I'm like, there you go. That's all I'm doing. Just helping you get to be your best, right? And, and then if you want to take that and become the best, right? And then have that plan of what that's going to look like to do it. Yeah, I love it. So, and that's the thing, you know, it's like the people do, they, you know, the, I, I very rarely get people calling me that aren't really at a high level because that's one of the reasons they're not at a high level. And I don't, when I say that you can be an amateur and be at a high level. I actually had a kid that I work with. Um, he was from New Zealand. Then he's moved to uh, Australia and his parents wanted me to maybe talk to him and he was 12. And I'm like, Ooh, man, that's not my jam. You know, I dropped some F bombs here and there, you know, and so anyway, I interviewed him and I mean, the kid went on, he, you know, he might not be at a, a real high level, but he's, he's taken the same skills and he's applied them in other parts of his life. And I mean, he's doing really great in all areas. And then, you know, you have to be at that level, you gotta be, it's, you gotta be committed, man. You do like, 
Yeah. But you got to be at that at anything that you want to achieve and be really, really good at. And then at the higher you get, people think, you know, it's like, hey, when I get to uh, when I get to the 250 class pro, I have arrived. That means I made it. And it's like, dude, your work, you think you worked before, like now it's another level. And then you go from there to, to you want to go to top 15, right? Now you're at another level. And that workload, it almost like compounds, right? Now you want to go from here to there, oof, hang on. Like this is what this is requiring, right? And everything, you want everything to take advantage of everything you can to make that happen. It's the guys that started at an earlier age. They're the ones that have the, you know, because everybody's getting their motors done. Everybody's getting their suspension done. Everybody's got a riding coach. Everybody's getting a trainer. Yeah. And then the yeah. thing that everybody else says is it's 90% metal. It's 80% metal, whatever the percentage is. So why are you doing that? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you, do you think that's something that's coming around these days? Like, like obviously it's more it's, it's like I do. And I feel like there's a lot of, like I said, it's kind of like, you know, I do this and let me add that to it. Um, yeah. I do feel that there's some people that are very good at it for sure. There's people that are, you know, better than me for sure. No doubt. Um, but I'm just not there yet. You know what I mean? Like I'm not at the extreme high level, but I'm I'm working towards it. And I'm never going to BS somebody and an attempt to do something that I'm not skilled at. I just won't because it's not cool. You know what I mean? But that goes back to my values. Right. And, you know, my goal is the person's goal and to to be the best I can for them. You know, and it's not about putting money in my pocket. Yeah, everybody's got to eat. I just don't want anybody to suffer from needless crap, you know? So I have my own philosophy, right? And for somebody to really understand it, they'd have to understand why it's my philosophy, right? But it's to continue to awaken the power within so I may fear less and creatively inspire others to do the same. So the purpose of that is when you really know that, it's a great guide. Am I doing that? Am I in alignment? Yeah, no, eh, uh, you know what I mean? Um, and then I also have another philosophy just as a quick one is, you know, uh, better than yesterday, not as good as tomorrow. And that just keeps you saying, all right, can I be a little, where can I be a little better today? Right? Yeah. Keep chasing that growth. Yeah, once again, that's a desire. Right, and that, but that's the difference between the highest level and, you know what I mean? So, and then you got, then there is a point too where some people are all doing the same thing and it's just, sometimes it's just the day, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a couple guys in pro racing that um, they're just dialed in, man. And I, I, I haven't worked with them, but I mean, sitting back from a distance watching them, they're just dialed, you know? So I think the next next year is going to be super interesting. And it will be. It's going to be. be, 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 be I mean, 
250 glasses stacked anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's, both, all, both glasses. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, it's it's stacked. And it's not even anymore like, oh, East Coast, West Coast, they're both, they both got their guys and it's, it's, and they're all pretty good. You know, they're all awesome, so. Have you got a tip for the four to someone to take the 450 title next year, Supercross? Nah, nah. I don't really. I don't really. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be the guy that um, the guy that doesn't get hurt, and the guy that can, uh, you know, be mentally there for sure. None of those guys have a problem with work ethic. You know what I mean? None of them have a problem with a desire to win. None of them have a problem with grit. You know, not the guys that are going for championships. Um, I think it just comes down to mental game, staying healthy. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. So I mean, even mechanics are, even their mechanics are dialed. You know what I mean? Most of them. Um, you know, I was with a couple, uh, you know, high performers teams or riders this year and just to watch that, even that dynamic up close and see how that all works out um, or high performance, high, high profile race teams. It, it's, 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 everybody's the same. Like it's the same, you know, it's, well, this is the rider and he's world-class. I mean, usually, I don't want to say all the time, but a lot of times, so is his mechanic. Like his mechanic would be a championship caliber athlete if that's the you know that they they would have that championship caliber they do have that championship caliber um mindset maybe they did race at one time and they just didn't have everything come together for them but they're really good guys they're really no different they still have that same drive the desire um i've watched guys uh be so sick at the races so sick like a mechanic that comes to mind and uh, he he just did what he had to do. I watched a problem one day and they only had, you know, it's like a half an hour between motos or whatever, you know, uh, and, and between, you know, the, the classes. And he basically, re, I mean, I don't want to say too much and give away who it was, but like they had to do so much work that that in itself was a feat. But then they ran into a problem right at the last minute. The rider's getting on the bike. And, you know, this guy, he just kept the course. He didn't get frazzled, which it would be super easy. You got team owners looking at you. You got your rider, right? But then the rider, too, had the faith in his mechanic. And he had the skills, the mental skills, right, to say, I know I have faith in this guy. I have trust in this guy. That is massive. You're going to go out and launch off of these you know, crazy jumps if you don't have that trust. So it's not just, you know, at that level, it's get everybody on board. And I think that that's a part that's missing too. You know, it's like, hey, get the mechanic to if he doesn't really know how to navigate through this stuff. Get, you know, this guy, get that guy. Because um, it's, it's a big deal, you know, and then you got to be able to be there for each other too, right? It's like, 
I have faith in you and you have faith in me and I also have faith in you and then be able to notice when your rider needs a little bit of help. And if you have some of that knowledge, some of that skill set, you can be like, hey, remember this, remember that, put this into practice, use this acronym, right? And it's like, oh yeah, okay. You know, um, and I feel like at that level, that's that's pretty important. But I feel like a lot of those guys are, when you get up there, they're all they're all top notch. Everybody on the team is top notch, you know? Trucks are clean. That goes back to how you do one thing is how you do everything. So that's why when you see these big teams come rolling in and really awesome stuff and they look nice and neat and everything. Well, that's, yeah, some of it's part of their job for sure. But it's just how they show up. It's like, we're, you know, it's like if you're going to cut corners in school, like, ah, it's good enough, right? Good enough's never enough. Not at that level, right? So you're training yourself, even in schoolwork, even at doing the dishes. Um, and I'm not trying to say go over to the top with it, but I'm just giving examples of how it all, you know, how it all, you can train yourself mentally around the clock. You don't have to wait till just training day and you don't have to wait till the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's like you say, man. It's like you look at some something like Star Yamaha, potentially like they're the the go to team at the moment, especially for a two fifty ride. Like, and but you can just not that I've obviously been inside their team truck, but you can just tell the way their standard of what they expect and the way they present themselves is like nothing but the best. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, like I said, it's it's how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. and it's really you know it's like you it, you can't just show up like i always I'm, I'm still trying to navigate it but like a champion isn't so much of a title as it is a lifestyle yeah i like that because it's every day you have to be a champion every day in order to be a champion you know you look at some of these kids there's one kid that races and he's the, the latest craze. I've never, ever heard him, if I've ever been around him or in any situation, never heard him say, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. It's like, okay, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more to a trainer, whoever it was. And I mean, but it's pays, that's what it takes, but that's a desire. Like that's something you can't teach. You can't teach it, you know? So that that's the separator. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. That's definitely something I notice in my high achieving clients is they're just they're always looking for that one percent thing. And like you like you mentioned before, they'll they'll try it with open eyes. And if it doesn't work, they just leave it, move on, try something else. And and they're just constantly looking for those little one percent. And that's another thing too, is that you can get to a point where you don't question, should I leave or should I do this? Should I do this or should I do that? And there's a, there's mental skills and there's things that I work with on clients that actually help in that decision-making that like they're crucial too, right? It's like, do I go with this team or that team? And then they get to a point where they know which one to go with based off of certain things, right? Um, 
And that's the direction that it'll only work for this. It'll only work the best with that team. Like you can't try to make it work here. It won't work. Yeah. And it's not that that team's not a good team. It's just not the team for this guy. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So I'm mindful of your time. We've we've definitely given the listeners a lot of value, I feel like, in this podcast. But to sort of before we wrap it up, is there, say, two or three action items that you could potentially, like if someone's listened to this podcast and like, God, that sounds like that's one of those things that I'm kind of dealing with. Is there a few like basic action steps you could give just the average person to sort of implement that might bring in some progress? I think you said it in the beginning, definitely awareness, right? And then, and then reflection, self-reflection. Here's the key to the self-reflection without judgment. Self-reflection without judgment. So what that looks like is, hey, how'd your race go? Oh, I crashed three times. I'm an idiot. I suck. I just don't get how that's helpful, right? Yeah, you did crash three times, right? And then, so let's reflect on that, right? But without the judgment, we're looking at this from, you know, it's like you get a flat tire on a car and you're running late for something. This is an analogy somebody gave me. You get a guy in a way for going to a wedding, they're running late as it was, they got a flat tire. The husband walks out of the car and he starts screaming, you know, oh, we got a freaking flat tire. We're going to be late. And she's like, no, we can still make it. And he's flipping out people, these contractors throwing nails on the side of the road. They got no respect. And he's just kicking and screaming and pissing and moaning. We're going to be late. And she's like, if you keep bitching and moaning, yeah, we're going to be late. Or you could just change the tire. And we'll probably make it. And that's really what we that's what a lot of people do. Just change the tire, right? Just find a solution. We don't need all the added bullshit with it, yeah. right? There's, there's no, like emotions don't belong in, you got a job, do your job, but know what your job is, right? Then you can celebrate, reflect, do whatever after the fact, but you know, you're not bringing your emotions with you. Like, hey, hop on the back of the bike, you know, self-judgment and, you know, and all that bullshit, right? Now, you leave that shit at the trailer. We've got a job to do, right? It's like a fireman, right, or a pilot. Here's a great example. You got one guy that trained, and you got one guy that didn't, okay? Left motor goes out. Who's going to freak out? The guy that doesn't have the training. The guy that's trained it over and over, he's going to be like, click, click, do this, do that, call the tower, do this, do that, chill out over there, buddy. We got this shit under control, right? Land the plane. This guy's over there breathing in a bag, you know, and it's the people that, you know, it's, 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 it's training for it. Mentally training, physically training, bike skills training. It, it's all a part of it. So, if you suck in the mud and you're avoiding the mud and you're calling yourself all kinds of names because you suck in the mud, yeah, you suck in the mud and expect more of that. 
But if you really want to become a better mud rider and you want to become a champion, then what can we do about that? Right? I know it sounds simple, but then there's so many skills that go along with it. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it comes back to those daily habits. It's not something that you just do on race day. It it is, it becomes part of your lifestyle. Yeah. And it doesn't happen like you're not like, you know, I mean, how old are you? 43. 43. So you, you know, it's like you probably still have certain things that you do. You're like, why did I do that again? Right. So you probably, you know, so let's say 10 years or whatever, but you know, it's like you got 20 or 30 years of responding the same way to certain things. You're not going to change that in two weeks. It's a practice. It's a practice. It's a practice. Why do we practice? So it becomes a habit. What is a habit? A habit doesn't require thought. You do it because you're very skilled at it. And that's when it comes down to, I had two guys this year. I mean, I forget where the races were. They were outdoor nationals. One guy got a whole shot, um, or I don't know if he got a whole shot or he got second in one moto. They had a red flag. Everybody had to come back. Talk about getting screwed up in your mind, right? Another guy, he had just come back from an injury. He went out. He got a great start. Same thing. Had to come back at the next race. Both of those guys went back to their start again and got great starts again. So when I had the conversation with them later in the week, I'm like, tell me about that. And they're like, yeah, I did what you said. I did what I trained. And everybody else was like, not everybody, but a lot of other guys are like, I just got a great start. That just got ripped out of my hands. Now what do I do? I'm like, that sucks. And da, 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 da. And then there's other guys that were just like, okay, I know what to do. I got the protocol for this, right? But it's a practice. It takes a lot, a lot of practice. But that's that's how you eat the elephant, right? One bite at a time. Yeah, I love it, man. So, so he wants to, you know, get in touch with me. Um, yeah, I was going to say, where where can people find you? Like, obviously, you've got your Instagram and a website. Yeah, I'm pretty much more of just an Instagram person than anything else. Um, and that's a MOTI underscore coaching. And then that you can DM me through that, um, navigate your way through. That'd probably be about the best way to do it. Um, and then there's even, you can get the phone number through the website. Just DM me and anybody's welcome to have a free consultation call, which I think I just did for however many subscribers you have. Um, as far as you know, what it looks like and all that stuff. But I don't, no one's ever going to accuse me of um, doing this just for the money. I, I truly want to make a difference in my clients' lives. You know, I want them to, their goals to be met. I don't guarantee that's going to happen by any means. And it's, it's not a magic pill. Just like, just like what you're training guys to do. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I was going to say, you got to do the work to get there. Yep. Yep. And then if you got a reason that's been keeping you from doing the work, that's, you know, let's look into that. Yeah, I love it. Thanks heaps for your time today, Kev, and, and everything you've shared with us. It's been awesome. Yeah, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Thank you.